Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello and welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, we are changing the compulsion to beat ourselves up to compassionate soul care. Now, it is my belief that no baby is brought into this world knowing how to verbally, internally beat themselves up. Highly sensitive people, oh my goodness, we win the gold on beating ourselves up. And, uh, and a lot of us don't understand why. Like, how does this develop? How can we be so compassionate, so present for our friends and our families and our loved ones? And then when it comes to ourselves, man, we would never talk to other people the way that we talk to ourselves. I hear that over and over and over and over again. It's a very deep, dark, secret shame how cruel we can be to ourselves. Because we're not born knowing how to do this, I believe this is 100% learned. And mostly, I believe, not all the time, but mostly that this comes from a critical parent. Not every parent who's critical is a narcissist. But every parent who is a narcissist is definitely critical. Some subtly, some not so subtly. The toughest cases of self-bullying seem to develop when a highly sensitive child has a critical parent. Think about spilling a glass of milk if you're a little kid. Now, I know immediately when I said that, those of you who have a critical parent cringed a little bit, took a breath in. Because if I spilled a glass of milk, the response was volcanic. Oh my God, what did you do? Why are you so clumsy? I can't believe I have to pick that up now. And cringing, shame, trying to melt into the carpet through the floor and just disappear. That is the critical response to a child just being a child. And it is in those moments where we learn to be overly critical. Because the very next thing that I knock over, that I trip over, if I fall, the script has been set. And from that moment, I go forward into my life, spilling something and going, what's wrong with you? To myself. 
And as we grow up and make mistakes, because growing is a process of making mistakes, if those were our original scripts, that is how we talk to ourselves as we move forward and make more and more and more mistakes. So we inadvertently, accidentally reinforce this criticalness with ourselves. We beat up our own self-esteem. Now, language is important to me. A big part of my work with people is helping them find the language to express themselves or helping them find the language to say what they want to say to an, a really great match partner or a really not great match partner. Most of us here in America, we only speak one language because we don't get taught multiple ones like people from other places. But as an American, if I'm speaking to someone who is speaking English with me and it's their second language, I know that they're first processing in their own minds through their native language, right? We all know that. And what I want to offer you is psychologically, we also process through our first language. The first language I learned from my parental units was a critical one. So in some ways, I have accepted that there will be a critical voice in my head that processes things critically against myself just because in some ways it was maybe my first language. If each time that criticalness comes up in my head just because it was my first language, just because that's how my brain processes, if every time I turn to that piece of myself and go, what's wrong with you? Why are you so nasty? I'm so negative. Do you see how I'm stuck in the loop of the criticalness? So think about this spilled milk. Because our mission, if you choose to accept the mission I'm naming, is to let go of the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands, maybe the millions of critical messages that our HSP-ness soaks up more than the average person. And the mission, if we choose to accept it, is to learn how to put that voice down, to, to kick it to the curb, to dial down the volume on the voices to the best of our ability. And that's only one part of the mission. The other part to complete the mission is to embody and become an equal and opposite version of the nurturing parent. So within myself, when I hear something critical, Nikki, you spilled this and messed up. When I hear that, I don't expect it. I don't waste energy expecting it to disappear and go away because I accept that it was my native language. But I hear it and I notice it and I don't pay attention to it. And because I have grown an internal, strong second language of nurture within myself, that critical voice is very quiet. And almost if I sort of squint, I can't even make out what it's saying most of the time anymore. And my nurturing voice steps up strongly. So what does the nurturing parent do about something like spilled milk? That nurturing parent comes over and says, oh, you made a spill. That's okay. We can clean that up. Let's go get some paper towels. I'll teach you how to clean this up. This isn't a big deal. And then we'll get you another drink. Isn't that wildly simple and basic? That maybe these dark voices, these negativity, these depression looping language that we get caught up in, maybe all of it is as simple as 
criticism was our first language. Some of you who have gone to therapy for years and years and years and report not getting any better. It may be because you spin around on what's negative and what's dark and what's critical without growing the nurturing internal parent for your inner child. You don't grow into that second nurturing language or you allow yourself and your therapist allows you to take the nurturing voice from the therapist without internalizing the nurturing voice as yourself. It's why I believe I coach people to be their own therapist. So I want to give some tips to be able to grow this nurturing language, this nurturing relationship with yourself that is equal and opposite to correct the critical voice. Number one, we must slow down. I don't care how many societal messages exist about us speeding up and doing more and being more and just powering through. We must slow down. We can't be fast and mindful. Good luck trying to be mindful running on hyperspeed, right? So just really accepting and internalizing, I can slow down with myself. Number two, understand that our modern world is wildly ridiculous and expectations are dysfunctional. They're pushing delusional. From hours work to being expected to always being on, entering this hypercritical language error where bosses are hypercritical. Why weren't you available by phone? Well, I was on vacation or it was the weekend. That, that kind of stuff is ridiculous. And it's being normalized. So just understand and hold that the expectations today are wildly ridiculous and you don't have to meet all of them. Our world is ill in this way. Our politics are ill. Our media is ill. Making our collective expectations ill. Radically understand this or the danger is having these pressures crush. That sense of the walls moving in, that something's got to change, that kind of desperation that builds into panic. That's not dysfunctional depression. Being depressed by all these expectations is a reasonable feeling, especially for highly aware sensitives. We must hold this truth in higher awareness as the umbrella of what we are all under. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Number three, if you were raised by a critical or neglectful parent, because that's a different kind of critical. Neglectful is a mm, slippery thing to figure out alone because it's the absence of anything. Sometimes people that are severely neglected even yearn for someone to be critical with them because at least that's something. So if you were raised by a critical or a neglectful parent, get help. 
our language must be reprogrammed as if like detoxing and deprogramming from a, a cult. And by critical and neglectful, I also mean overly controlling, rigid. First generation Americans, a lot of what I'm saying applies to you. And yes, by the way, I love working with first generation. Critical also means the naysayers, the balloon poppers in your world, the poo-pooers of all ideas. These are the people that if I win the lottery, this person will point out as the very first comment, well, you didn't win the the really, really big jackpot. If you're an empath, you will need more deprogramming because of how spongy we are. And that just requires more help. It'll help you get there faster with less struggle. Number four, accept. Accept that the smarter you are, the more help you need. I know that sounds backwards. As smart as I was growing up, it also means I developed more and more and more critical thoughts. As I tried to figure things out, what I knew how to do with myself was be critical. So I created more critical language within myself, more harshness, not less. That's why the smarter we are, often the more help we need, which feels very paradoxical and confusing. Number five, accept you are doing your best to not beat yourself up, but that you learned how to beat yourself up. So it's a pretty big flip. I know that you can put on a confident, capable face for the world, at least most of the time when not in panic, flight, fight, or freeze. But imagine what can open up for you outwardly if we get the insides of you on board with that confidence. So there's this balance of accepting I'm doing my best to not beat myself up, which is what the nurturing parent would say. So even as you fail, even as you hear yourself beating yourself up again, Don't go into a critical mode, except even in that space. Well, because I noticed I am working on changing this dynamic, which means I'm doing a good job today, shifting this. This is often the sneaky underbelly of an imposter syndrome and why it's so hard to feel deeply, fully confident. Number six, and you will hear me say this about a lot of things, if you would not say it to a five-year-old with a room full of people watching you. You should not be saying it to yourself. And let this be the line. And the trick about not being critical with ourselves is learning how to be lovingly firm. And I find that very smart people have a lot of confusion internally deep down about the difference there. Lots of people will tell me, oh, that was just tough love. No, that was critical. So I encourage you to kind of sit with the word firm, being lovingly firm with yourself so that when you hear this criticalness in your head, there's a swift, firm no with yourself. Those of you who have dogs who bark at the door, when your dog barks at the door, you don't wonder, you don't have a conversation with him. You turn to your dog and say, hey, hush, be quiet. That's enough, right? That's not mean. It's not cruel. It's just direct to the point, short, sweet, and firm. We can benefit greatly by utilizing a similar energy with our own self-talk and correcting and changing it and growing into this new language. Practice thought stopping in this way. Rewire by listening to podcasts, just like listening to Emotional Badass, listening to other podcasts that resonate with you, that have a messaging that works for you. Check out My Healer's podcast, her podcast is all things therapy. I think I'm going to be on there again this year and I may have Lisa on this show when her book comes out. 
Follow Marianne Williamson. She offers free lectures. She is, I believe she is going to run for president also. I'm very excited about this. Allow rewiring to wash over you with positive language and have more fun as if it's your job. Why? A nurturing, kind parent to a child values, understands, and encourages play, lightness, silliness, enjoyment, beauty, creating. If you had a critical parent in a lot of ways, you may identify with not having had a playful, light, easy breezy, carefree childhood. And that's what childhood is for, to not have the stressors of the adult world. So if you had big time stressors, if you were a little mini adult like I was, part of the healing process is allowing yourself even more play and lightness. And most importantly, remember that you are a beautiful and powerful emotional badass that in facing these things and owning up to what you need to change on the inside where nobody can see it, it's just you with your relationship on your, with yourself on the inside. But owning that and changing that, wow. And because we are in January, I want to remind our listeners to use the ways today's episode may resonate with you and inform you to help you with your goals, your intentions, your dreams for this shiny new 2019 that we just entered. Another way for me to say that is don't be an asshole to yourself if and when you spill the milk. Yes, even if you spill it all over your friends. Encourage, nurture, support, stay with yourself. I promise you with practice and diligence and commitment and soul care and self-love, before you know it, you will have a rich vocabulary and you will be fluent in soul care. If you'd like to be a producer for the show and support the big goals that we have for 2019 and you would like some exclusive episodes that are not available on this iTunes feed, please come find us at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. I want to thank those of you who have supported the show with your five-star reviews on iTunes. I want to thank no one 859 that says HSPs unite. You are 50 and just discovering being an HSP. That is beautiful. I love it. I love my people that are showing up in their 50s and in their 60s and even in their 70s. Figuring this out, it is inspiring and amazing to do that work at this age. When I think of the people you're impacting in your families and in your communities by opening up to this work, it's so exciting. Thank you so much for your review and for listening. Get kneeling. I'm glad that you love the don't list and that you made yours. Thank you so much for your review. Breathe one, two, three. I never spend money on apps is the name of this review. You're super welcome. I'm glad the short episodes fit for your world. Aligned. Aha Alliance. That's a great name. I love your comment about it seems pulled together. I think I need that printed on a shirt for me. <laughs> seems pulled together is how I might describe myself. Thank you so much for listening and for your supportive review. I appreciate it. 
Find your own peace here from the pack five. This one will make me cry. Nikki knows how to say what our souls need to hear. Thank you for that. I really have figured out what I do for people through the feedback I've gotten from you and being called a soul interpreter multiple times really validates what I feel in my heart and in my soul in producing this show and continuing my work. Thank you so much for all of the ways that y'all support the show. Y'all are my marketing team. Every time you share the show, you are spreading this knowledge. More HSPs are figuring out that they're HSPs every single day. Thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for the Patreon supporters that are helping us produce the show and meet some goals. We've got a next big goal. I will give away a free session when we hit that next goal. So come find us if you would like to listen to those sort of secret episodes that aren't on the iTunes feed. Thank you so much. I will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.